Good morning and welcome into the Capels Ace Hardware DNR Report. Fisheries biologist Brian Hayes is with us and as of last weekend, duck season open in all three zones. It'll be open here for a while yet so hunters can get out there and look for ducks. Yeah, I thought we'd start out today's show by talking about ducks and duck hunting. Um, this is the time of year that the waterfowl hunters live for. Um, the change in the weather, the push of the migrating ducks through the state, um, this is what they kind of live for. This is why they have labs and duck boats and and uh, scout out all the marshes and, and the public uh, waterfowl areas in the state. So uh, Iowa DNR does a weekly waterfowl survey. And uh, from the most recent survey, which was done November 4th, it's getting old now, it's almost 10 days mm-hmm. old, um, but the ducks have arrived in the state, and then you couple that with um, the change in weather that we had on Thursday, where we went from 65 degrees in the morning to dropping temperatures all day and a strong front coming in and the wind switching to the northwest, uh, that really makes for good duck kind. So the ducks that were here back on November November 4th, surveyed by Iowa DNR wildlife uh, biologists, indicated that the most numerous duck in the state was green-winged teal, followed by mallards, which made up of, uh, about uh, 25% of the, the ducks who were there. Uh, the mallards, um, from late October to November 4th, had increased by 10%, so there was a push of migrating mallards into the state that first week of November. And then since then, we've likely had another push of the mallards. Um, So they're more of a late migrating duck compared to like the teal. So the teal were here November 4th. The mallards are starting to arrive, and those numbers are are building. If you look at some historical data and uh, our wildlife Biologist uses this kind of data to when he goes to season setting meetings and stuff like that. Because we want the seasons open, obviously, when the ducks are migrating. Um, so the peak of the migration is usually that first week of, of November. And then, then it kind of tapers off. So you get a big push of ducks early November. Um, if you have the habitat available, you know, wetland conditions... Uh, flooded terrestrial vegetation, uh, things that the ducks like, um, they'll stay around. So they'll migrate into the state and then they'll, they'll stay here, which makes for really good good hunting. Um, so that peak, we're past kind of the peak of the migration. Weather patterns uh, shift that by a few days every year. Um, but uh, the, the ducks are here. Now Canada geese, if you look at their migration patterns, they're later. You know, the geese that uh, we're hunting right now are, for the most part, locals. There's starting to be a few migrants showing up into the state, uh, but the big push of the migrants doesn't come till the first week of December, and that's with the Canada geese. Um, so they're, they must be a little tougher than the ducks. They're going to stay north as long as they can, as long as they can get to food and open water. But once things freeze up and it gets tough, then they head south. Uh, so don't look for a big push of, 
migrating Canada geese um, until later. And the waterfowl biologist, when he's setting the, the geese, goose seasons, um, they know this kind of stuff. And so they can adjust the bag limit while early in that first early goose season, you know, your bag limit was two Canada geese. Well, once the migrants start to arrive, uh, we, they up that bag limit to three. That early season, it's almost 100% um, local geese, geese that are kind of raised here and, and uh, spend all summer here. Um, the latter parts of the goose season is more migrants, and uh, so we adjust the, the bag limit accordingly. Um, so if you look into this waterfowl survey a little closer, um, the highest duck numbers in the state are down at Riverton. That's, uh, that's down by Shenandoah, down in that far southwest corner. Uh, the last survey indicated there was over 15,000 ducks using the Riverton area. 16% of those were mallards. 83% of those were other dabblers, like the, the green-winged teal. Uh, probably some shovelers and gadwalls mixed in there. Um, the next closest place to duck hunt with those kind of numbers, um, Lake Odessa over on the Mississippi River. has a, counted 11,000 uh, ducks using the Lake Odessa area. So we've got some really good opportunity right here in southwest Iowa with the, the Riverton Complex to do some waterfowl hunting. Um, and numbers are good, and I'm guessing new ducks arrived on Thursday with the cold front. Brian, let's say I want to get into hunting, but I didn't have hunter safety when I was young. Am I just out of luck, or how can I uh, kind of get involved here and maybe learn as I go? Well, yeah, maybe you've been invited to, to duck hunt, but you uh, have to say no because I didn't take hunter safety. Well, Iowa DNR does have an option for that. And that's the apprentice license. We haven't talked about this for a while, but there is a option available for somebody that's over the age of 16, which means they're required to purchase that hunting license. Uh, and in order to pur purchase your own hunting license, you have to complete hunter safety, except for the apprentice license. This allows uh, people to hunt over the age of of 16 with a mentor and you're allowed to purchase this apprentice license twice in your lifetime. So the hope is when you get invited along to a hunt or maybe you uh, have an interest in hunting but uh, haven't really reached out to anybody or gone hunting um, and so the thought of taking hunter safety has never crossed your mind. Uh, but uh, you could pick up that apprentice license without hunter safety, go with a, a mentor, somebody that's going to teach you the, the safety part of it and the ins and outs of, say, waterfowl hunting or deer hunting or pheasant hunting. Um, and then from there, you're allowed that two times in a lifetime from there, then you'll need to get in that hunter safety um, and then become an avid. That uh, that's what we'd hope, or or a participant in our in our hunting season. So the apprentice license is available to to people, 
looking out, looking to try hunting, or uh, maybe it's a significant other that uh, you want to introduce them to the sport of hunting. Um, take them out, watch the dogs run, and and uh, take a shot at a pheasant or something. Um, the apprentice license is available for those kind of things, uh, and we encourage people to take advantage of that in order to uh, participate in hunting and give it a try. DNR report brought to us by Capels Ace Hardware on KSON. We'll continue our visit with Brian Hayes with DNR office in Lewis right after this. Thanks to Capels Ace Hardware for sponsoring the DNR report. Bennett Blake visiting with Brian Hayes with the DNR office in Lewis. Antlerless tags. Brian, got anything left there? There's still a, a few available in neighboring counties. Um, the local Cass County here is sold out. Audubon County never had any. Shelby County never had any antlerless tags. And these are the deer management tags. These are the the ones that uh, the deer biologist uses, tweaks the numbers county by county, depending on uh, what the deer herd's doing in individual counties. Um, so there are still some tags left in places like Adair, Adams, Montgomery, and Guthrie counties. Again, surrounding counties still have some antlerless tags. Uh, a lot of those counties have a lot more deer habitat than, say, a Shelby or Audubon or even a, a Cass County. And so more antlerless tags available. Um, so those are available to the bow hunters that maybe have filled their buck tag and didn't get enough of it and still want to go out and do some bow hunting. You can pick up an antlerless tag or... They'll be, they're available to the, the shotgun hunters uh, if they want to pick those up ahead of the, the early December uh, gun one and gun two seasons that'll start that first weekend in, in December. So just wanted to point that out. There's still some of those antlerless tags available. And if you even go further south into like Ringgold, Taylor County, um, I think you'll run into a lot of antlerless tags available in those far southern counties. Brian, you mentioned when you came in this morning, you wanted to talk about non-resident hunters. And I guess I'll just share a personal story. A handful of years ago, I had a, a football game on a Friday night way up in northwest Iowa and then was headed to the state cross-country meet in Fort Dodge the following day. So had a hotel room up there and, man, my eyes were opened. Uh, I came down to breakfast that Saturday morning and there was orange hats everywhere. That place was packed, some little hotel in a small town I thought wouldn't be very busy. And there were a lot of hunters from all over coming in. Yeah, some of the hunting we have available here in Iowa, it's a draw, and it attracts people from, from other states. Um, I know we talked last week about the pheasant opener, and particularly in the northern part of the state, there was quite a few comments about, you know, in those parking lots, in those big public areas in the northern part of the state, um, there were cars from Minnesota, Wisconsin, Ohio, Illinois, Nebraska, Missouri, I mean, multiple states people coming into iowa to, to hunt and i remember growing up as a kid you know opening weekend it was the hotels were full lots of non-residents i was always anxious for the non-residents to to get out of my hunting spot um, back then but uh, there's a lot of value to having those non-residents and it really speaks you know volumes to the importance of of natural resources and natural resource management so i've got a small group coming in to hunt with me over the 
over the weekend today and they'll be here tomorrow and and then they're heading back to Ohio on on Monday. This is a a group that actually started coming out with their dad um, to hunt with my dad. And so this is something that's been going on for a lot of years. Um, But they they continue to come back. We must uh, take care of them and they must enjoy what... uh, what they see in, in, the, in the camaraderie and, and just the hunt. So, um, but I, I got to thinking about, you know, just even a small group of non-residents. Um, so, so they're going to travel from Ohio. They're going to buy a non-resident hunting license, which is, you know, 130 some dollars. Um, they're going to pay for our habitat fee. Um, they're going to stay in a hotel for three nights and buy gas here locally. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna eat in the restaurants, the cafes. Um, so there's a lot of value to that to the local local community and the economy to to manage these resources in a way that we can draw people to the state. Um, so it's it's kind of done not only for our residents uh, but the non-residents as well. Um, and if you look at our our deer hunting. Um, a non-resident archery tag in Iowa, that's, that's got a lot of value. Um, people submit applications uh, hoping to draw one of those tags. They purchase points um, to improve their chances to draw one of those tags. Um, so that's what a well-managed deer herd will do. Um, so even though we don't maybe don't see the number of non-residents we used to, um, we do still uh, draw non-resident hunters to the southwest part of the state. Um, and uh, it's always good to see them and uh, the, just the value to the local community that they bring. Um, we hope they're successful this weekend. Um, the pressure's on. <laughs> and uh, we hope they come back next year as well because, it, it, like I said, it's a tradition that was started by my dad and their dad and uh, continues today so you've come a long way since you're in your teens and 20s saying hey outsiders get off my turf (laughs) that's exactly right um that first weekend of the season it was crazy out there with just the the number of people um and uh so a lot of times we we were kind of hoping for standing corn to make it tough for the non-residents um but like this group, the non-residents have figured out maybe the first weekends might not be the best. Let's let it cool off, get the, get the harvest a little further advanced and, and uh, get closer to the middle of November uh, to see maybe a little better success. But anyway, welcome non-residents. It's Brian Hayes with the Sun. The DNR Report brought to us by Capels Ace Hardware.